0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
1: Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu C B D Plus. That's Yu-Z-U-CBD Plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions. Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. Live from Sin City.
2: Vegas, baby! Vegas! Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian
1: Blessing. I'm a soul man. Hey, folks, glad to be with you. Brian Blessing on a Friday. Sirius Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio Network. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Friday's Sunset Station. we got a great show lined up for you. A lot of good stuff, a lot of variety. Uh, in the first hour, we'll get you ready for the Belmont. Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News is going to join us. Sabres win the draft lottery. He's got a great opinion on the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and he covers the Toronto Blue Jays, who now have a home in Buffalo. So that'll be good fun. And We'll get you ready for the Belmont. Big race coming up tomorrow at Belmont Park. Hour number two, Chuck Esposito, the racing sportsbook sports book director at Sunset Station, jumps in with Andy Esco from The Logical Approach and Bruce Marshall, our good friend from The Gold Sheet. We'll take you up to Scott Farrell for 4 Eastern. And locally, KSHP.com will have Vegas Hockey Hotline. Steve Carp and I will go over all things NHL. Big hockey game in Vegas tonight. We'll get to that in a moment. But the first thing we want to do is just recap everything that went down on Thursday night. And it was certainly a very big evening. Denver, 126-115. Yogic's 36 points. They close out Portland. We talked about Lillard, the great effort that you had in Game 5. But then to play at altitude and go home, what would they have left in the tank? And the answer was they hung in there, a lot of points in the game. But Denver closes it out. 126 to 115 is the final score there. Denver advances. And then Phoenix and L.A. And how about the Suns? Devin Booker, 47 points. Chris Paul, very impactful. Picked his his spots in the game with the shoulder problem. Anthony Davis started. He lasted a little more than five minutes, and he just couldn't go. And clearly, Phoenix was in complete control of the game. Basically, the Lakers were in chase mode the whole night. But Phoenix advances. Phoenix and Denver, what an interesting series that's going to be. And in the West, got some interesting activity going on. There's no doubt about it. Now, there's a game in the NBA on Friday night. Clippers laying two and a half on the road. The total is 216.5 at Dallas. Dallas can close them out, but this is the crazy series where the road team has won every game. Can that trend continue tonight? Then we get to the weekend. Milwaukee and Brooklyn get it going on Saturday. Game one, Brooklyn's a four-point favorite total. How about this, 239.5 series price. The Nets are minus 210. And then you have Atlanta and Philadelphia. Sixers at home, 2.5-point favorites, totals 2.20.5 in game one. The Sixers, a $1.75 favorite in the series. So the NBA, we talked about just how wide open it really is, and it is certainly good fun, and this is going to be a fun stretch run in the NBA. Now on ice, listen, the Stanley Cup playoffs, I mean, is there really anything better? Both games, Thursday night, go to overtime. I mean, you're on the edge of your seat when you see this stuff. Boston and the Islanders. Boston had the one nothing lead. Islanders dug down deep. They tied it. Had a power play in the final two minutes of regulation. Had a great chance. Nelson shot it over. A lot of open space over Tukorat's shoulder, but it went high. Goes to overtime. Varlamov was amazing all night long. And then Brad Marchant just lets a shot go from a bad angle, horrible angle, finds the back of the net. Bruins get the 2-1 win. They get the 2-1 lead in the series. Regain, home ice advantage. And then Tampa Bay had won both games in Carolina. And this is, here we go, Dallas and the Clippers. Carolina must win on the road. Hey, they get it to overtime. Merazic makes a great save at the end of regulation, keeps hope alive. They go to overtime and then on the power play in overtime. Aho pots the game winner. Carolina gets the 3-2 win. They trail the series two games to one. If they they found a way, they're going to get back home. But can they even the series and turn it into a best of three in the next game? Really, just great stuff. Then we got the news: Shifley for the Jets gets the four-game suspension for the hit on Jake Evans. So, you know. There's a lot of mixed emotions on this in the NHL circles. A lot of people thought it was such an egregious hit and say it's worthy of something as large as that. I think it's extremely penal. A four-game suspension. Shifley's their best player. I mean, good luck now, Winnipeg, coming back. Now, they trail the series one game to none. Minnesota, or Montreal, excuse me, wins on the road in game one. Winnipeg's only a 15-cent favorite in game two on home ice. The one they got to win, the total is five and a half. Got a feeling they're not going to be too happy. And then Colorado Vegas tonight. Can't believe the number here. Vegas played a great game in game two. Make the case they should have won the game. Uh, These teams tied for the most points in the NHL. First game was a throwout. Second game was a coin flip. Vegas coming back to play a game on home ice in front of a sold-out T-Mobile Arena for the first time in over, whatever, a year and a quarter. They're trailing 2-0. They need the game. It's hard to fathom that Vegas isn't the favorite in this game. Colorado's minus about $1.20 on the road. Total in the game's 5.5. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere tonight. We'll certainly talk about these hockey games coming up on a fun-filled two hours. We'll take you up to Scott Farrell on the network at uh, 4 Eastern. But we're going to have a great time. Mike Harrington. Is coming up next. We're going to get you ready for the Belmont in hour number two. Lots of great stuff from Sunset Station. We're thrilled to be with you on the Sports Grid Radio Network Series Channel 204. Don't go anywhere. The fun is just getting started on Vegas Sportsbook Radio.
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: is joint pain keeping you down it's time to bounce back with the help of uzu cbd plus that's y-u-z-u cbd featuring gummies delicious chocolates capsules and lotions Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio
2: with Brian Blessing on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204.
1: All right, folks, back with you here. Vegas Sportsbook Radio on a Friday. Racing to the weekend from Sunset Station. Chuck Esposito, Racing Sportsbook Director, is going to join us in the next hour. Of course, our buddy Andy Isco from The Logical Approach and Bruce Marshall from The Gold Sheet. It's going to be a great weekend. And what a weekend it is. Can't wait to talk to Bruce Marshall a little later on. He's been to numerous Belmont Stakes. Usually goes when there's a Triple Crown on the line. That is not the case this year. Obviously, Medina Spirit, the second failed uh, test, and Baffert suspended two years by Churchill Downs, and we'll see what the ramifications are for him in the weeks, days, months, years to come. But we're on to the Belmont, the third leg of the Triple Crown, and it's only a field of eight, but it's a really compelling race with, I believe, some good wagering opportunities. By the way, It's not just about the Belmont, what happens on the big days. Tracks all across North America, the best jockeys kind of vacate the premises, but they stage big races at all the tracks around North America on a triple crown day. So there's opportunities all around the country. And on the undercard at Belmont, it's unbelievable. Numerous. Win and you're in races. You get a win here, and you punch your ticket into the starting gate for a race on Breeders' Cup Day. And the undercard at Belmont is no exception. I mean, you've got the Met Mile, which is just a famous historic race, the Austin Fix Stakes, the Jiper Stakes, uh, the Manhattan Stakes. You have the Just a Game Stakes, the Woody Stevens Stakes, the Brooklyn Invitational. There are great races on both the main track and on the lawn on the undercard. And some of these horses, you're going to try to make some dough today. and also. Get your pen and paper out and be plotting a course for when we get to November and the Breeders' Cup. But it's all about the Belmont. A field of eight. And, you know, you're looking at a mile and a half distance. It's a distance these horses will never, ever run again. Million and a half is the purse that's on the line. And the race will go from the starting gate at 649 Eastern. From Belmont Park. All right, it's a field of eight. Let's go through the entire group because I think you can make a case for six of the eight. I think it's that good a race. Yeah, it's not a 14-horse field, but I think for the most part, especially at this long distance, every one of these horses is going to get to run their race, which was not the case. For several of the horses that are running in the Belmont that raced in the Kentucky Derby and their chances were compromised. And I'm going to go one through eight here. And I'm landing on the horse that I think we'd be foolhardy to ignore. Now, when you're handicapping sports, just like when you're handicapping horse racing, you've got to be willing to forgive a bad effort. Um, uh, I mean, a perfect example would be Vegas and hockey loses 7-1 in game one of the playoff series against the Avs. Well, you know there were legitimate reasons maybe why the game got away from them, but it was still a leap of faith to say, yeah, they're going to come back. And honestly, they were the better team in game two. They didn't win the game. You can make the case they should have won the game. But you draw a line through the bad one. Horses like people have bad days. Borbonic, the number one with Kendrick Carmouche board for trainer Todd Pletcher, didn't have a bad day. He had bad luck in the Kentucky Derby. This one's 15 to one morning line. This number may actually go up at post time. This horse won the wood Memorial rallying from off the pace against extremely slow fractions, but it's all about peaking on the first Saturday in May for the Kentucky Derby. And in the Kentucky Derby, It doesn't show up in the running lines in the racing form. It says, tucked in early, improved. That is not what happened. This horse was racing dead last. Carmouche pushed the button. He pulled a Calvin Burrell, ducked to the rail, was trying to save ground, and absolutely pushed the button and was flying like he was on a motorcycle. And in about five strides, he was going to go from 17th to 10th, swinging around, saving ground with the stretch run, in the Kentucky Derby, except a number of horses came down, shut down the rail. This horse got totally stopped in his tracks, back to 20th, finished 13th. But had that window not closed, I'm telling you, I don't believe this horse was any worse than 4th or 5th in the Kentucky Derby. And I think with the long distance at a mile and a half, a clean trip, the pace, he'll be closer to the pace than he'd been in the Kentucky Derby. I think Borbonic has a real shot to win this race. Yes, it's a big leap of faith. His figures don't stack up. But I, had he got a clean trip in the Kentucky Derby, I'm projecting his figures would be right there with the essential qualities of the world. So I think there's a long shot play, and that's Bourbonic, the number one. The rest of the field, number two is essential quality. He was the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Ran a great race for trainer Brad Cox. Louis Sai is aboard. Finished fourth by a length. There was that blanket finish of four horses with Medina Spirit in front. This one has tactical speed. It does employ a stalking style. And you can make the case we'll get first run at the pace setters. Runs a great race every time. But I think some of the other three-year-olds are advancing more than Essential Quality, who's just been this really consistent runner. It, certainly, Essential Quality can win the race. Rombauer is the interesting one that just blossomed on the scene at the Preakness, finished third in the Bluegrass Stakes at Keeneland to essential quality, but peaked on the day at Pimlico, wins the second jewel the Triple Crown for trainer Mike McCarthy. John Velasquez picks up the mount, which is incredible. Flavian Pratt was the jockey on the three, Rombauer, but he's going to ride aboard the number four Hot Rod Charlie, who was third in the Kentucky Derby. So Pratt is telling you, for the most part, he believes Hot Rod Charlie has the best chance to win other than Rambauer, who many think is the now horse. Sometimes you got to follow the jockeys. Now, Pratt's a California rider. Doug O'Neill's a California trainer. That could be part of it. But listen, I think Pratt's trying to tell you something. And then the five France go to Ina, ran up the track in the Preakness. I, I don't know. They're coming back for more. I don't know why. Known Agenda is the Florida Derby winner whose chances were basically thrown out the window when he drew the rail at the Kentucky Derby. And as is the case, even with the new starting gate there, the whole field came across and Known Agenda, his race was lost before they even came by the Twin Spires for the first time. So Known Agenda, the six, has a real chance to run a much bigger race with a clean trip. Seven is Rock Your World. That was my top pick. In the Kentucky Derby. Well, he finished 17th because he's a horse that wants to be racing on or near the lead. And when the gate opened in the Derby, as so often happens, he got slammed from the outside and the inside, didn't break well, had to rush up to get back into the race. And all his chances were lost in the first hundred yards. Here he's going to get a chance, I believe, with a clean break to run his race for trainer John Sadler with Joel Rosario in the irons. The eight is overtook and that would be a big leap of faith. I just don't see any way. It's Pletcher's other horse, but I think it would be a a big leap of faith to think this one can get it done. But it's a great race, and I think Rock Your World can get to the front and maybe get to run his race. People forgive the last one, and if he does open up and discourage some of the horses with tactical speed, that maybe – just take a step back, say he's gone, I can't catch him, and it kind of rips their heart out of their chest. The one I think that can come flying from off the pace is Bourbonic. I love a one seven exacto box, but don't sleep on Bourbonic. I think there's no way this horse should be 15 to one. I can't wait to watch this race, and I, I think there is a chance to make money on it, even though it's a smallish field of eight. It's a triple crown race, it's going to be a fun day. Horse racing fans and the undercard, spectacular. At Belmont Park it's a Friday from Sunset station you're coming in from out of town you want to get the STN mobile app it makes your trip that much more enjoyable you never get shut out you're not waiting in line and they've got some cool sign up options for you as well loving life on a Friday right here on the sports grid radio network and Sirius channel 204 coming right back to Vegas on sportsbook radio
0: feeling the cracks that ran through the door and kept my
1: Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit Plus.com today. Back with you on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing on a Friday. We're loving life. We'll be out at Sunset Station. Chuck Esposito is going to be joining us. The two words, if necessary, a Game 5 hockey watch party in Club Madrid at Sunset Station. We're fired up about that. But let's see if the Golden Knights can cooperate. But we want to dive into all things NHL. And we couldn't be happier to have a dear friend on one of the very best Hockey writers in the business, baseball the whole nine yards. He's loving life because the Blue Jays are playing baseball. He gets to go to Major League Baseball games. Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News, kind enough to join us. Hello, good sir. How you doing? Brian, how are you doing? Yeah, it's,
2: you know, never dull in Buffalo. You know, the Sabres, <laughs> the Sabres win the draft lottery and, you know, the, the second – that Bill Daly showed the card. I was sitting in Salem field. Literally, he flipped the card and Vladimir Guerrero was lining a triple to right field in the Blue Jays-Marlins game. It was the (laughs) confluence of all events in Buffalo.
1: Well, all things Buffalo, uh, all of us that have been there and grown up there, the things that happen, I would just say this kind of sums it all up. I get home from work. I got to do a radio hit late in the afternoon. You know, I'm going to lie down, take a 15-minute nap, power nap. I fall asleep. I forget about the lottery. I wake up. Sabres win the lottery. I'm like, the Sabres finally won something, and I didn't see it. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't see it. And, of course, the issue is
2: that people are already laughing about. The Sabres won something. They won the lottery. In the year where there's no consensus number one player and there's nothing but arguments about which guy they should take with their top pick. So, it, you know, it's really one of those strange years. But here's the funny stat for you, Brian. The Sabres, in fact, were the first team to finish 31st in the NHL. And they will be the last team to finish last at 31st in the NHL. 2018, the year the Golden Knights <laughs> came in. The year the Golden Knights came in in 2018, the first year the Sabres are last, and now the last time we're a 31-team NHL before Seattle comes in, the Sabres are 31st again.
1: By the way, um, I'm old enough to remember. I know you know of it, but uh, way back when Buffalo came into the league and there was the consensus number one pick, it was Jill Perot, then it was Dale Talon was number two. and. Right. It was Buffalo and Vancouver coming in, and they used kind of a, an old – I don't know what they call them. I mean, in Pennsylvania where I grew up, they were called bazaars, state fairs in Buffalo. I know sometimes they're called lawn fates, but it's the bazaar wheel. And the the wheel spun around, uh, spun around. And at first, Clarence Campbell goes, yeah, it's one. Vancouver wins the thing. And Punch him like, uh, hey, time out. Oh, that, it's not. That, that number's 11. We yeah. won. I mean, that, that's the definition of the NHL. Even even the draft lottery back then was a spin of the wheel they couldn't
2: get right. Could you imagine them doing that now, what Twitter would say, what the, oh. fix, the fix
1: was in when the, the number was called wrong and Buffalo corrected them? Oh, that's hilarious. Hey, by the way, so on the NHL draft coming up, I wanted to elicit your opinion because there are a lot of really good players, quote-unquote, you know, I think maybe we throw the word generational talent around too much with McDavid, Matthews, and Eichel. Uh, none of them having uh, a clue how to do anything in the playoffs. At least two of the three made the playoffs. We'll, we'll we'll do that. But Owen Power is the consensus supposedly number one pick, monster defenseman from Michigan, and the top three selections for the most part in many scouting reports are defensemen. I love the kid. Matthew Beneers, a center from Michigan. Even though power is this consensus number one in most people's realm, you are sincerely of the belief Buffalo should take a forward or a center, something up front to produce goals. I believe you like Beneers as well.
2: Yeah, I wrote my column Thursday in the Buffalo News and at buffalonews.com. And, you know, I, I lay out a lot of the points, but the very last sentence said, pass on power. You know, that's my feeling. The Sabres need goals, even with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt. They have been at the bottom of this league pretty much in goals. Did you know, Brian, that since Eichel was drafted in 2015, the Sabres are second last in the NHL in goals per game, ahead of only the Detroit Red Wings over Eichel's six seasons. They need more guys to put the puck in the net. And if you're going to trade Eichel or Sam Reinhardt or both of them, I really cannot fathom taking the number one overall pick on a defenseman. You're going to need offense, guys to put the puck in the net. They have a pretty decent cadre of defense prospects, too, just for the record. But I want beniers I want Eklund. I want Dylan Ganther. I need a forward who can put the puck in the net. You know what? The Buffalo Sabres are in back-up-the-truck mode. I get it. They need everything. They need goaltending. You can always use more defensemen. You can't win if you can't score, and they can't score. I need goals.
1: All right. So let's get to the elephant in the room. Jack Eichel is kind of an injury-prone. I mean, some bad luck, high ankle sprain the last practice before a season starts. This past year, missed the lion's share of the season. Then the neck injury. Now it comes out, herniated disc. He wants some experimental surgery. And the organization says, no, doctors say rest. They are at this impasse. He's saying he's unhappy. The rest quotient of the rehab is now behind them. What is the meeting of the minds going to end up saying, first and foremost, before we even get to what happens with Eichel? What happens with Eichel on the health front? How does this get a resolution?
2: Well, GM Kevin Adams spoke after the lottery on Wednesday night and said the Sabres' stance as an organization has not changed. They are not in favor of this experimental surgery, essentially a disc replacement surgery for the herniated disc in Eichel's neck. They're not in favor of it. You know, Brian, I don't like siding with teams on these kind of medical issues normally. I really don't. But in this case, I think the Buffalo Sabres are right. Uh, This has never been performed on an NHL player. It's been done on some MMA fighters. And I don't think there's a team in the league that would approve it. And I think if you've got a guy like Jack Eichel on a $10 million a year contract, there's no way you're letting him have some experimental surgery. I don't care what he says. It's not his decision to make. People say it's his body. He can do what he wants. No, he can't by the CBA just for the record. He can, he can grieve it and go to a neutral arbitrator and they can then make a decision that way, but he can't just go run off and have whatever surgery he wants because he'll void his contract. So to me, the Sabres are, are right on this. And let's see what happens now that the rest and rehab period is over. They're going to have to come to some consensus here to see what they can do. Or, you know, can you trade Jack Eichel to some other team that might be willing to work with him on this issue or maybe even allow him to have this surgery? I don't know. What team would take them on and give up the assets for him? I just think it's a real messy situation right now. and Where it's going to end, I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, the sincere hope is you know as he matures and gets healthy and the team gets better and he becomes the leader they need him to be he's he's worth the price of admission he's a great player and he, as he matures, matures as he matures Brian, he's been in the league 6 years fair enough i know I, I well okay 6 mike. years all right mike you you've you got me because i will say this i mean, <laughs> i, I I've, I've run a course on it i'm like you know what i never thought i'd say this if 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 he gets moved so be it. You should get half a team back for the guy, but the rub is he's got to be healthy first. So no, no matter how this shakes out, and, uh, do well, Do you see any team? Do well. Do you see the Sabers getting fair market value for the guy if they traded him before he ever laced him up
2: again? That's my concern. Part of me says that Jack Eichel should try to come back with the Buffalo Sabers next season and try to reestablish his trade value, knowing that either. Maybe they move, could move him at the deadline if they're going nowhere. Or we could be in this spot next summer before his no-move clause kicks in and they could trade him after the season again. If I'm Kevin Adams, I know what I want to get for Jack Eichel. Well, how am I going to get it now? Who's paying for Jack Eichel coming off a two-goal year and needing neck surgery not knowing what you're going to get? It's a real risky proposition. What team is going to give you the four or five assets the Buffalo Sabres are going to want?
1: All right, and and one of the reasons we wanted to get you on, they win the lottery. Uh, There's a lot to talk about. In the next segment, we're going to talk about the games tonight in the NHL, what you think so far in the Stanley Cup players. But Buffalo is front and center on a lot of this. They're going to have the first pick in the draft, which will kind of dictate how the draft goes. But we have Seattle coming in. On top of it, with the UFAs that are there for Buffalo, you've got a guy like Sam Reinhart, has a really good year, never fails, right, contract year, but – He's sitting here on a monster payday going, well, wait a minute. I want seven and a half, eight million bare bones. You're paying Jeff Skinner nine. So the odds are he's out of here. You've got Ristolainen, whose name is always out there. What? How, how active is this team? And is, does a lot of this stuff happen on draft day?
2: It could. I mean, I think some of it happens on draft day. I think some of it happens before the expansion draft. You know, if you're going to trade – Jack Eichel, or you're going to trade, you know, risk the line, and, you know, maybe you don't want to have to protect them in the expansion draft. Make the trade before then, you could protect somebody else. Right. Um, so there's that to, to ponder. Can they get Jeff Skinner to waive his no movement clause to not be on the expansion list on the theory that Seattle probably doesn't take him and they could protect somebody else? So Kevin Adams, the GM, has a lot of moving parts here. And he's got to get assets. If you're tra- trading Jack Eichel, if you're trading Sam Reinhardt, if you're trading Rasmus or Stallion, and you you can't be trading them for futures. You've got to trade them for assets that can immediately impact your team right now.
1: All right. And the other aspect of this, you've got Seattle, the Kraken coming in. It's the expansion draft. I can't believe some GMs are already making these phone calls to Ron Francis, letting history repeat itself. And they, listen... If I'm a GM in an NHL team, here's my list of 10. Pick a guy. Please lose my phone number. Leave Uh, me alone. We're not going down the George McPhee (laughs) rabbit hole. Yeah. Talk about Seattle having a tough act to follow. Listen, we're up against a break in this segment. Want to get Mike uh, Harrington's opinion from the Buffalo News on NHL games tonight and some MLB talk. That is coming up next right here on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD+. Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit Plus.com today.
2: You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204.
1: Back with you on Vegas Sportsbook Radio on Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing, thrilled to be joined by a dear friend, Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News. And we're talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs and what we've seen so far. The big news, and we had, folks, you heard the big blowout debate Stevie Slapshot and I had yesterday. Well, the word is out. Mark Shifley gets four games, suspended four games for the hit on Jake Evans. Mike, he's their best player. Montreal up one nothing already. A, did player safety get it right? I, I think I know what your opinion on the hit was. What do you make of the punishment dished out by NHL player safety? Yeah, I mean, it's a guy with no history. And if you go
2: on the theory that a playoff game is double and it might even be a little more in the second round, that's kind of an eight-game suspension in the regular season. And that's probably about it. It was a vicious, predatory hit. You know, people say, oh, it was a good hit. No, it wasn't a good hit. It was charging. It broke the charging rule. Um, four games in a playoff series, are already down one nothing—is a pretty severe penalty. So I think that's that's pretty good.
1: Game tonight. Uh, Montreal at Winnipeg, Winnipeg minus 10 cents. The total is five and a half shaded to the under. Kerry Price is Kerry Price again, Mike. Yeah. Where did this why come Montreal from? the Montreal Canadiens
2: are here. Well, you know, I think it came from when they were down three to one to Toronto, they had nothing to lose. And, you know, when you're trying to close a team out, when you let them stick around, they get a little confidence. When the goaltending gets better, they get confidence. And you know what, Brian, in all sports, you just can't let a team stay alive. I covered the 2004 ALCS. And when the Boston Red Sox were down 3-2 to two after it was 3 nothing, you knew they were going to win the series. You could feel everything shift. And you could feel that shift. Did you really think the Toronto Maple Leafs had a chance in Game 7 against Montreal? You felt Montreal was going to win that series, especially when they got the first goal. And that's what's happening. The goaltender gets hot and he outplayed Jack Campbell. Clearly he outplayed Connor Hellebuck in game one in Winnipeg. And Hey, they could go a long way if Carrie price wants to be the Carrie
1: price of four or five or six years ago. And that's how he's playing right now. You know, it's funny. And I watch you're a great follow on Twitter, by the way, folks at by B-Y-M, Harrington at bad by, by M Harrington. And you get into it with the fans and you have this running debate and it's great stuff, but People from Buffalo and Toronto, the rivalry that's there, as Toronto loses to Montreal, all of a sudden the Jack Eichel talk starts. And, oh, my God, it starts back and forth, back and forth. (laughs) And you brought up a number that, like, yeah, you say what you want, but the the Sabres have won series. They went to a cup final, and we know the drought that's going on in Toronto. And that was good fun to follow that. But I'm curious, Toronto, you go, you get Tavares you've got Matthews, you've got Marner, you've got Nylander, then you give up a one to get Felino. You go all in, you have no defense and no goaltending. Is this an analytics thing? Or I mean, what, what did Toronto do to themselves here? Well, yeah, Kyle Dubas is heavily in analytics and
2: they went for heavy scoring forwards. And they used a large chunk of their salary cap and Their defense has been okay. It hasn't been great, but you know, Morgan Riley's a good defenseman. They've had other guys who can play, but they've never had solid goaltending in the playoffs. And Jack Mm -hmm. Campbell, for as good as he was during the regular season, he got outplayed in this series and he gave up a terrible goal in game seven to start the game off to put them behind. And Montreal took off from there. And You cannot win the way Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell have played in goal for the Leafs over the last five years. And that's why even with all these top offensive players, they haven't survived. The playoffs are a different animal. It's tougher for Matthews and Marner to score. They had one goal between them in the series.
1: They didn't get enough saves at the other end, and they lose. Okay. Colorado and Vegas, game three tonight, change of venue. This is something that is absolutely unheard of. The betting number, Vegas is... Minus five cents, even money, totals five and a half shaded to the under. They were a big underdog the first two games of Colorado. And we're going, I mean, after the first month of the first year, they've never been this big an underdog. And, of course, people <laughs> around here bet them blindly. But right. they played pretty much, Mike, the second half of game two, as good as they could play. And a bunch of posts. Kind of a sketchy call on them, real ticky-tack call in overtime. But the refs missed calls on Vegas. But Vegas outplayed Colorado. The best team doesn't always win. The goaltenders, the great equalizer, Grubauer was terrific. What's, what's your take from afar here? Vegas' demeanor. By the way, first time Vegas is open, full attendance. 18,000 people, a full arena Mike. We've all been dying to see that, David. What do you well, make of this series with the change of venue?
2: Well, I mean, I think you're going to get your remote. It's certainly going to go to game five. <laughs> Thank you. I, the, the words, if necessary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
2: not if necessary. I mean, they're going to go to the Fortress. They're going to win a game or maybe even both. Who knows? But, you know, the first game was just, uh, just a throwaway. Uh, I hate when these teams, one team sits, another team goes seven games and has to play two nights later. I think they should really, the PA should be looking into at least 72 hours in a situation like that. But I I didn't mind what Peter DeBoer did, playing Robin Leonard. He knew there was two more days off before game two, so he could get flurry the rest he needed. And, you know, if you throw away game one, you do it. If Leonard steals it, okay, we know what happened there. They were much better in game two. Overtime's a coin flip, and that's the kind of series I expect. Game one, you just throw out. Um, this is the series we've all been wanting to see, you know, I think it's very possible the team that wins this series wins the Stanley cup. Tampa Bay might have something to say about that. Boston might, um, But, yeah, game three is everything right now. They can't go down 3-0. They're never coming back against Colorado from 3-0 down. So they have to do everything they can do. They have to throw the kitchen sink out there on the ice, like we like to say, and win game three and then worry about the rest of the series. To me, they should be playing game three like it's game seven. You have to win it.
1: Absolutely. Which side of this equation would you fall on? This was kind of the topic we had. Yesterday, we do Vegas Hockey Hotline locally in Vegas after our shows on Sirius 204 and the Sports Good Radio Network. If you're Vegas, it's a painful loss. We know what they're going to spin on it. Hey, if we play like that, we're in good shape. Or is the reality quotient, holy hell, we played as good as we can possibly play and still lost a game when we contained McKinnon? Yeah, there's some of that, but
2: I think – you have the exponential improvement from game one to game two to back to the level they think they should be at. And to me, they played a great game. They didn't win. It was kind of a coin flip. And now you can say to yourself, we played that game on the road and we're that close and now we're going home and we're going to have the last change. We're going to have the crowd in our favor. It's going to be crazy. Like it's been in here before in 18 and 19 and we're going to be ready to go here. And I think that's how they have to look at it. They have to just think that they are really going to be there. And, and if you're Colorado, you've got to really stem the tide in the first 10 minutes because <laughs> a full building in Vegas for the first time, that is going to be crazy for the first 10 minutes or so. You've got to with, withstand those 10 minutes, kind of keep the game under wraps and then Colorado can start unleashing its own game at its own speed, but they're going to have to really, you know, put their backs up and uh, defend those first 10 minutes.
1: All right, about four, four and a half minutes left. Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News is our guest on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Want to swing it to baseball? One of your passions. The Toronto Blue Jays, again, but now officially in this season, have a home, and Field in Buffalo. Four games over 500 to this point, 29 and 25. Mike, let's just talk about the field itself, the commitment that's been made to the Blue Jays. And I wonder if now that they settle in, we'll talk about the team and how it all all goes down. But can you talk about the commitment that's been made? And by the way, you know, the Blue Jays triple A team plays there, but the work that's been done, the commitment that's been made, does it have a major league feel to it as you're at these games?
2: Yeah, absolutely it does. It's a multi-million dollar renovation. The Blue Jays engineered with MLB. Uh, the field dimensions have been the same for a long time since 1996 they mirror progressive field in cleveland which was the bison's triple-a affiliate back then the indians so they put the same dimensions in so it's a major league field but what was done here now New lighting towers, new lights, two portable light towers, a new outfield this year. They took the bullpens off the field, built a bullpen structure, completely redone both clubhouses. They built a visiting clubhouse structure out in the parking lot in right field as good as any temporary structure you see at the Little League Classic or you'll see it field the dreams in Iowa. It's a complete major league field, a complete major league feel, except for the fact that it's 17,000 seats instead of thirty-seven or 47,000.
1: We've seen on social media some videos of the players coming in and seeing their new digs and, you know, they're happy campers. But what's the sense you get from the Blue Jays in terms of saying, hey, we're home? I mean, what's the players take on all of this?
2: Well, they were not getting any support really in Dunedin, Florida at their spring training home because all the Canadians are stuck home on the other side of the border. The snowbirds aren't there. And the people in the stands were rooting for the Phillies, the Yankees, and the hometown Tampa Bay Rays. The Blue Jays were getting heckled in their own spring training stadium. They wanted to get out of there. They get the Buffalo excuse me the first two games are 35 percent capacity about 5300 and the crowd is going crazy they're cheering they're yelling they're screaming MVP for Vladdy Guerrero and Bo Bichette said Wednesday night they scored three in the ninth to rally back and beat Miami so that was all about the crowd getting them going they haven't felt any crowd support in two years there were no fans last year in Buffalo there were no Blue Jay fans basically this year in Dunedin so these players have been wowed by the first couple games and that's a big deal to them. And now this weekend they're playing the Houston Astros there. And there's a lot of Yankee fans in Buffalo. So they're going to be rooting like crazy for the Blue Jays this weekend.
1: I was just going to say, do the Astros know what they're walking into No.
2: Here? I, think the Astros, I think the Astros have no idea what they might be walking in here. I absolutely thought of that too.
1: Uh, it's funny. And I don't know that it's, it's subsiding around the league. But it got to the point where I think Houston was overwhelmed by it in the first two weeks of the season. Now I think they're kind of used to it, but I think it gets turned up a notch on a Friday in Buffalo.
2: Yeah, I don't think they have any idea. I think they're going to be shocked when it turns into what I think it's going to turn into. You know, when Jose Altuve is announced as the batter, for example, I think he is going to get crushed. You know, so I, I think that that's going to be another huge home field advantage for the Blue Jays. And then the funny part is the next series, June 15th, is against the Yankees. And the Blue Jays might feel like they're back in Dunedin again because there's so many Yankee fans here. But the support for this club in Buffalo has been unbelievable. And, you know, people remember, not for a long time, but Guerrero and Bo Bichette and Teoscar Hernandez mm-hmm. and Danny Jansen and Kevin Bijou all played AAA ball in Buffalo. People do remember.
1: Oh, no, and, you know, you kind of adopt them as your own, and Vegas was with the Dodgers for many, many years, and when these guys, Matt Kemp, you know, comes through here and then they go up, it's almost like you adopt them and follow follow them on.
2: But to have the team actually playing their Major League Games is something no one in their lifetime ever thought. Brian, you can go on YouTube and still see you interviewing Rocky Bridges on the field (laughs) as soon as the first game in that ballpark ended in April 14th. 1988 who would have ever dreamed we'd be seeing this in 2021
1: michael i go back to i mean not the natural but i go back to jim leland and tim wakefield sure. uh, over at old, the old rock pile war memorial stadium it's, it's great to see the baseball and, and i know passionate baseball fans there and i know you are passionate about baseball i'm happy for you i'm happy we're getting fans back in the stands And looking forward, Mike, that we get back to normal. We see you out in Vegas real soon. But I can't thank you enough for taking a few minutes
2: today. Brian, appreciate it. Have fun the rest of the series. You're getting your remote for game
1: five. Ah, I like it. He said that with confidence. Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News taking a timeout. Coming right back on Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Series 204, the Sportsbook Radio. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit Plus.com today. Back to wrap up our number one Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, has always, reminded you, if you've got joint pain, you can manage it the all-natural way with our friends from Uzu CBD Plus. Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Use the promo code BLESSING, 10% off your first order. Free shipping orders of $100 or more. Manage joint pain the all-natural way. Stuff really works. Uzu, Plus.com. Hey, listen, the weekend's coming up. I can tell you, among the many things I'll be doing this weekend, we've got the Belmont NBA Stanley Cup. We've got the Memorial Golf Tournament. I'll be checking in on the U.S. Women's Open. I like the Dinah Shore, the old Dinah Shore. I love the majors in women's golf. But anything that the USGA does, the way they set up courses, you know, playing a great golf course, uh, up in Northern California. They're at the Olympic Club, and there's a great story. There's a four-way, three-way tie, excuse me, at the at the top of the leaderboard. Um, Meg Reed from Britain, but it's a young girl, Mega ganny four-under par. She had it to five-under par. Watch the first round. I love the drama and the way the course is set up, and I will watch it throughout the course of the weekend. Could this young lady, 17 years old from Jersey, she's a high school junior, had it to five under par, gets it in the clubhouse at four under par. She's an amateur. It's a stacked leaderboard. Watch out, Brooke Henderson from Canada looks really good. She's in at three under par as well. But don't sleep on some good entertainment because let me tell you, the back nine on Sunday, the U.S. Women's Open, great golf course, You never know who could step up and win. Could it be a 17-year-old high school junior? Boy, she's got game. It was fun to watch. Let's see what Mega Ghani can do going to the weekend. The Belmont tomorrow. Can't wait for that. And you get the big twin cue coming up for that tomorrow. $10,000 at Station Casino. And here at Sunset Station, Chuck we will talk about that in hour number two. With A.D. Isco and Bruce Marshall. Hey, we're going to the weekend, and we're glad you're with us. Right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network in Sirius Channel 204, taking a short break, and we're coming right back to me.